the title of my message is Do Not Forget God's Love and His Benefits. It's so amazing. The banner that you saw that said love, Jessica and I have not spoken at all. So as she was up here praising and emphasizing the banner of love, I'm like, all right, God, I'm in the vein. And this is nothing like being in the vein, right? So thank you, Jessica, for being obedient and for prepping um, this message. So as human beings, we are forgetful creatures. Some of us forget a little bit more than others, but we are forgetful creatures. And the Bible is full of warnings to always remember, or I like the way it says, to forget not. Now some things, according to Paul, are worthy of forgetting, as in reference to Philippians 3 verse 13, where he talks about forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. But one thing that we should hold mentally fresh, however, is the love of our God. We should hold mentally fresh the love of our God. Now, in Psalms, David cautions us that we should forget not all of his benefits. How frequently do we contemplate or how frequently do we think of the benefits of our loving Father? How how often do we just sit and rest in the benefits that we have and our loving Father. Today we're going to do that. Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5, where David talks about uh, forgetting not all of his benefits, says, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So let's spend our time today talking about a few more benefits from God's love. Somebody say spiritually. Spiritually, Spiritually, we can benefit from God's love. Now, there's a spiritual transformation that takes place on the inside of us once we accept Christ into our hearts. Because of God's love, our spirit is made new in him. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Are you grateful for that? We see this incredible spiritual transformation take place through a woman named Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene is, quite frankly, probably one of my favorite female uh, figures in the Bible because I feel that she embodies, she beautifully embodies what it means to benefit from God's love spiritually. Now, Mary is delivered from darkness and transformed into one of Jesus' most devoted and trusted followers. Here is how uh, Mary benefited spiritually. So let's meet her in Luke 8, verse 2. Along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out not one, not three, not seven, no, not four, but seven demons. He had cast out seven demons from this poor woman. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. We're going to go to John. And in John, we're going to see that Mary Magdalene was the first to see the risen Lord. John 20, verse 16 through 18. I'm getting somewhere. 
Now, a little backstory. Um, Mary is at the tomb. She's weeping. Jesus' body's gone. Um, she didn't know that he had resurrected. She thought somebody had stole him. And so she's weeping, and she didn't even recognize Jesus. She mistaken Jesus for a gardener, okay? So <laughs> Jesus speaks, and it wasn't until he spoke that she recognized who it was. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni which means Hebrew for teacher. This kind of proves my sheep hear my voice, recognize my voice, because she didn't recognize him physically, but she heard his voice, right? She recognized, she recognized her, his voice. And as you can imagine, I'm sure she's hugging on to him, and she's holding on to him and is not wanting to let him go, but he tells her, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I have yet ascended to the Father. But go, find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Yeah. Then she gave them his message. Now, we don't know a lot about Mary's life before she was delivered, but ladies, we can imagine she's feeling rejected, she's feeling isolated, she's feeling hopeless during this time. And I'm, feel, I'm sure she's filled with deep shame. But none of that stopped Jesus from healing and transforming her spiritually. We see her going from a demon-possessed woman to being chosen to be the very first person to carry the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. So it is fitting, out of all of the disciples who could have witnessed seeing him first, it was Mary who had that privilege. Mary had the privilege of seeing our risen Lord first. Sisters, we have access to this same spiritual transformation when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives. You can be set free from your demons. Maybe your demons is fear. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe your demon is lust. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe you're suffering from anxiety and hopelessness. Let me tell you that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus has the opportunity to be set free. Now, I can speak for myself that I'm not the person who I was before I accept Christ. The things that I used to say, I don't say anymore, right? I can look across this room and see that some people here has been transformed spiritually because the places we used to go, we don't go anymore, Right? We have the opportunity to be set free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I am so grateful. So now what do we do? Now with total gratefulness to our Lord, like Mary, we got to stick close. We got to stick close to our Father. We got to stick close to our Savior. And we have to live out our lives as a thank you note for the benefit of our spiritual transformation. Now, I just love how Jesus, when he finds us, he doesn't leave us the way that he finds us. He didn't leave Mary the way that he, he saw her. He casted out those demons. I picture him picking us up, dusting us off, making us all cute and pretty and bright, and giving us a second chance at life. I picture him giving us a new chance at life, and I am so grateful for that, aren't you? Amen. We can benefit from God's love emotionally. Yeah. Emotionally, we can benefit from God's love. 
Now, because of God's love, we do not have to be ruled by our emotions. Ladies, this is a biggie for us because we are emotional beings, right? It's just in us. We are emotional beings. But if we forget God's love for us, it will be so easy for our emotions to dictate our situation. But we serve of God. We serve a God who doesn't allow our emotions, or if we have the opportunity to cling to him, won't let our emotions run rampant. Listen to these words that were penned by David in Psalms while he was fleeing his own son, Absalom. Now, what I love about David is for a man, he's pretty in tune with his feelings, right? All the books that he writes, he kind of takes us on this emotional journey with him. And it's pretty intense. It's intense and it's pretty incredible how he's so in tune. But I'm so grateful for it because we get such good stuff from this and shows us how even as women, as men, take that too how we can submit our emotions to Jesus. In Psalms 3, verse 1 through 8, I'm going to read. And men, too, I'm grateful that you're here um, because, as we know, God's word doesn't discriminate, right? Even though I'm standing here speaking to the ladies, this this is just as good for you as it is for the women. So thank you for being here. Psalms 3, verse 1 through 8 says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me. My God, strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessings be on your people. So as we read this, we see that soldiers from all sides are are closing in on David. They are saying that God will not deliver him, but it's as if David digs his heels into the ground. It's as if David sets his, his, his stance straight up and says, I will not fear. Though all these people are after me, you are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. David didn't get into his head. I'm guilty of it. I'm getting into my own head. My emotions are raging. They're everywhere. I'm up. I'm down. I'm side to side. I'm everywhere. And given the situation, but David, he stood firm on God's word and he boldly spoke to his situation And he kept his emotions in check by reminding himself of the benefits he had in God's love. Can I I tell you a story? Can I be vulnerable with you guys? All right. So my dad came one day and picked me and and my baby boy Caius up from our house. Um, He was taking me to meet my husband. And my, uh, my dad gets Caius all buckled in. And um, I get in the car, strap up, and then we take off. We didn't get far. We got about to the stop sign down the street from the house, and my dad looks over at me and deeply and intentionally and sincerely, he asked me three words. How are you doing? For four words. (laughs) How are you doing? How are you doing? And at that moment, I took a deep breath, And I said, Dad, I am struggling. I put my head in my hands and I just begin to weep and weep and weep 
weep. He asked me, why, are you, why do you feel like you're struggling? I said, Dad, I don't know. I don't know why I'm struggling. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what, what it is exactly. I just don't feel like myself. I don't, I don't know. So my dad, he begins to encourage me. He begins to, talk, to pour into me and he begins to affirm me and to speak to me. We get to where we were going. He puts the car in park. I'm trying to clear up my face because I don't want my honey to see me like that. And so I was getting ready to hop out the car and he said, let me pray for you. I said, okay. So he leans over and puts me in this big bear hug. And he just begins to hug me. He began to pray over me. He began to declare and decree over me. Speak God's word over me. And as I was crying, I was crying, and then all of a sudden, my tears began to, to dry up. My heart began to feel at peace. It wasn't that my situation had changed, and not that my circumstances were any different. It's because I remembered whose arms I was in. I remembered whose arms I was in. I was in my dad's arms. My dad who loves me. My dad who cares for me. My dad who sees me, who hears me. Ladies, let's fall into the arms of Jesus. Let's fall into the arms of our heavenly father. He invites us to fall into his arms. He invites us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Yeah. If you're fishing and you're, you're throwing your line out, you're not dropping your line. You're casting it. You're throwing it. God invites us to throw our cares upon him because he cares for us. Because he cares for us. You don't have to be subject to your emotions because you are more than a conqueror in Christ. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. Believing God's word and speaking life over your situation, like David did, will alleviate some of the stress and panic that we all experience. This is an emotional benefit you have through God's love to bring you peace. So fear not, for your God is fighting for you. Your God is fighting for you. Someone say, I have. The authority. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. We can benefit from God's love authoritatively. Let's talk about the benefit of authority that God's love gives us access to. First, it's important that we understand what authority actually means. One definition of authority is delegated power. It's power that is granted to someone else by someone who is in authority. The importance of understanding uh, what authority is, is foundational to our lives as Christians and as believers. So imagine you have a $20 bill, okay? You have a $20 bill, and it's stuck in a pair of pants. But you don't know that $20 bill is stuck in the, in the pair of pants. And because you're unaware of it, you won't use it. So if you don't use it, it does you absolutely no good, right? Now, this is similar to our authority. If we don't know that we have it, we won't use it. And therefore, we can unknowingly walk around in bondage because we don't know that we have the authority. Amen? Now, here's an illustration of what that might look like. 
I'll give you a little back history of me growing up in the Johnson household. I'm the youngest of three girls. I have my oldest sister, Lana. She's around here somewhere. She helps out with guest services, and she fills in any gaps. She's just amazing. She's been such a blessing. I have my sister, Sarah, who helps out in our children's ministry. She's my middle sister. (laughs) I absolutely love and adore them. We are the best of friends. We're close. We can tell each other anything. Well, it wasn't always that way. Right, because I am five and four years younger than them, than the both of them. You can imagine I wasn't the popular one in the house. <laughs> so, given that, I can remember I would go to their room and I would ask, "Hey, you know, can you can you guys make me some food?" I would be met with, "No, make it yourself," or I would be pushed out or door slammed. I would never get what I had asked for ever. But my secret weapon was my mom. (laughs) My secret weapon was my mom. I would go to my mom and say, hey, mom, tell them the situation. Lana and Sarah, they won't make make me anything to eat. They slammed the door on me, blah, blah, blah. Well, you go in there and you tell them that I said (laughs) to make you some food. I said, say less. (laughs) I go and I throw that door open. (laughs) Hey. Mom said, make me food. Now. Now, if looks can kill, I wouldn't be here because they would give me all kinds of looks. They wanted to show everything. But magically, within minutes, my food was right at that table. Right? So in my own power, I couldn't get my sisters to listen to me. But when I received the authority from my mom, things changed. They had to obey. But it wasn't that they were obeying me in my own power. They had to submit to the authority that was given to me. In the same way, ladies, in the same way, ladies, you have been given the authority. So when you declare God's word by faith, you wage war in the spirit and you release God's power to get into your situation and the enemy has to take flight. Amen? The enemy has to take flight. But if you don't walk in your God-given authority, the enemy will seek to fool you into thinking that you don't have any. He will seek to fool you into thinking that you don't have any authority. So forget not the benefit that you have of authority and you function in it. Let's stop believing the enemy's lies that, oh, you know, I'm just, just going to pray and that's all I can do. Or, you know, I don't know. The enemy is out to steal, kill, and to destroy you. We can't sit and play patty cake with him hoping that things will change. No, you use the authority through Christ Jesus who has given it to you and you use it against him. You use it against him. You are more than conquerors. Look, and if you don't believe me, let's look at Luke. Luke 10, verse 19. Look, I have given you, let's try it again, the authority. I have given you over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. So ladies, that's our permission. That is our permission to operate in our God-given authority. The enemy is literally trying to kill and destroy our children. He is literally trying to kill and destroy our marriages, our families, our relationships, our 
minds, trying to destroy our minds. We can't sit back and just let it happen. Take authority. Fight the enemy through God's word. Fight the enemy using power and using prayer and using worship. Worship. Using these moments where we're able to come together and we're able to stir one another up. Right? We can't be talking to our neighbor, yeah, exchanging war stories. That's not good enough. Exchange, what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? We need to stand firm on God's word, take authority, no Satan. You will not have my children in the name of Jesus. My children will be saved. No Satan, you will not have my marriage. My marriage is restored. My marriage is healed in Jesus' name. You will not have my mind in Jesus' name. Right? Stand and believe it through faith. Through faith. So ladies, take heart. Remain alert. Know your power in Christ and walk in your authority. I want to sign this message off by just saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And if I can, just give you another small little story on my journey to getting up here. My husband had asked me, Pastor Keenan had asked if I would speak. And I told him, you know what, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And I really meant that thing. I really thought about it because I was like, I don't want to say no. I don't want to say yes. I was really in the middle, but I was... The whole entire time as days went on, every day I thought about it. I knew I had to. I knew I needed to. But you know how we are. The flesh, I haven't done this in three years. I'm rusty. I'm so nervous. (laughs) All of the things came to mind on why I shouldn't do this. I was laying in bed one morning. My brain had awoken. My eyes were still closed. And I was literally, I was just talking to God. I was tug-of-warring with him, you can say. My God, if you really want me to do this, show me that you want me to do this. Speak to me. Because I don't know what to say. I don't have anything to share. I, I just, I don't, there's no, I got nothing, God. He's like, and I kind of can picture how he's probably saying it, if he's anything like me. Just tell him I love him then, you know? <laughs> no, he's like, tell them I love them. And I'm like, that was the last thing that I spoke on three years ago. Well, the same message that you spoke then, I'm telling them I love them. It's still the same message that I want you to give to the women and the people of Limitless Church because I love them. I love them. It gets better. It gets better. Still, I'm laying there. And it's like, I saw this building. I saw the roof of it off. And I'm looking down in here. And I'm seeing real faces. Again, I'm seeing real faces. It's like, tell them that I love them. I saw Miss Carolyn Baker. I saw Miss Lily. I saw Jessica and Julie. Tell them I love them. I saw my Aunt Ruby. I saw Miss Lisa. I saw Christina. I saw Tigra. Tell them I love them. Tell them I love them. Sitting there, I see Miss Michelle. 
I see Miss Marie. Tell them that I love them. I said, okay, God, that's what you're telling me. That's what I'll do. I'll do it. I'll give him my answer. I'll say yes. And of course, that wasn't limited to just those people. The message applies to all of us. But he's like, tell them that I love them. I said, okay, God, I'll do it. I'll say it. That's what you want me to do. I'll say yes. This is the order of events. This is happening in real time, okay? I open my eyes, put my feet on the floor. I'm sitting on the side of my bed. My son, Cadence, comes in the room. Good morning, parents. <laughs> Say, good morning, Cadence. He comes on my side because he sees that I'm alive, you know, that I'm the one that's moving. Comes on my side, and he said, Mommy, huggies. I was like, yes, yes, of course. So I hug him. I'm hugging, and I'm hugging, and I'm hugging. Mid-hug. Mid-hug, Cadence tells me, Mommy, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You were there. You heard him. He didn't know what I was going through, what I was talking to God about in my mind. He heard, he heard cadence. So, ladies, I am here confidently. I am here confidently, without a shadow, a shadow of a doubt, to tell you Jesus loves you. You are seen, you are heard, he understands you, he cares for you, he's fighting for you, he loves you. Amen? Amen.